Hello and welcome to London's Swinging West End for the very special 50th episode of Release the Clowns. Yeah. Yeah, we are excited. We're so excited. We've hired the whole of Leicester Square. Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. No, tonight's show isn't the normal format at all. We're, we're, we're doing something completely different. Yeah, well, that's right. What we've done is we've asked some of our favourite podcasters to um, review the best of the Release the Clowns movies. <laughs> no, God bless you. No, no, no. They're not real movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are real reviews. Yeah, it is very challenging for the uh, podcasters who are going to be doing the reviews because they haven't obviously seen the movies because they don't exist. So they're having to make up reviews for movies they haven't really seen. Yeah, we're really excited to find out what they thought they were seeing. Right, listen very carefully, Fox News. I'm going to explain this for you simply. We have made trailers in the show for films that don't exist. We have then sent those to other podcasters who've listened to those and then done reviews for the films they would have been for, but they don't exist. Okay, and that's what we're going to be playing tonight. Mm. Right, let's go in. What do you mean we're not on the list? It's our show. Ah, this is unbelievable. Well, in that case, we'll start it right here. Let's release the clowns at the movies. They live among us, but you never really see them. That's weird. All these pigeons, but no poop. Their eyes, Brian. Look at their eyes. Until it's too late. Ah, no! Until the dawn of the day of the rise of the zombie pigeons. The military advised that the flesh-eating pigeons can only be stopped by destroying the brainstem, and that they do not poop. In a world where death lurks up above. The pigeons ate my wife. They ate my boyfriend too. Two people must find a way to live down below. I expect we'll have sex soon. Yes, that seems entirely appropriate. If they can survive the dawn of the day of the rise of the zombie pigeons. Kurt, there's no poop here. Run for it! They say it's lucky if a bird poops on you. This summer, they'll be right. <laughs> They're pooping all over us! That's poop! Dawn of the day of the rise of the zombie pigeons. Coming to a cinema near you soon. And look out for these hastily made sequels also coming soon. 
Night of the Zombie Pigeons, Afternoon of the Zombie Pigeons, Lunchtime of the Zombie Pigeons, Zombie Pigeons vs. Predators, The Hills Have Zombie Pigeons, Pirates of the Caribbean 19, Zombie Pigeons Ahoy, Zombie Pigeons Assemble, and Zombie Pigeons European Vacation. Feed the birds, Tuppence a bed. <laughs> The movie Dawn of the Day of the Rise of the Zombie Pigeons is a horror musical produced and directed by Sylvester Stallone, starring Sylvester Stallone, Frank Stallone, Frank Stallone Jr., Sylvester Stallone's taxidermied late dog Butkus, an Uber driver from New Jersey called Sylvester Stallone, Jennifer Flavin, the wife of Sylvester Stallone, and Sean Connery as the voice of Pigeon Zero. The script is expertly written by Isaac Lipschitz, son of the well-known Abe Lipschitz, who is, of course, Sylvester Stallone's accountant. Isaac's writing is astonishing, plausible, and witty. This multi-layered script gives the characters an opportunity to speak and make several facial expressions. I'm going to refer to the wordy title Dawn of the Day of the Rise of the Zombie Pigeons by its acronym in this review, dot dot ratsup. This review will contain spoilers, so go ahead and turn this off if you don't want to hear any of those. Dot Dot Ratsup is set in a seaside Florida drinking village with a fishing problem. After several harrowing experiences with zombie pigeons, our characters find themselves in a life-and-death struggle, trapped in a former Burger King that closed and then became a bank branch that also closed and stayed vacant for several years before becoming a Popeye's chicken, but not before a lot of haggling with the city involving lawyers and red tape and lots of money and meetings to get some rezoning done. The inside of the building looks like a dimly lit, empty soundstage, which certainly adds to the creep factor, but also because the entire budget was spent on Sean Connery. Stallone and his special effects crew, led by Stallone's second cousin Cameron and his friend Jake, managed to really turn up the scare factor, not with CGI pigeons, but with expertly crafted Minecraft-inspired pigeon costumes placed on crows, stray cats, and Pigeon Zero, who is played by a local goat called Sneaky Pete. I mentioned that the movie is also a musical. An exhilarating soundtrack was scored by Sylvester Stallone's 97-year-old former music teacher, Elma Gibbons. The songs Pigeons of the Dark, the love theme from Dot Dot Ratsup, Pigeons, Pigeons, Pigeons are absolutely wonderful, but the real standouts are the heartfelt I Don't Feel So Good, a delightful number called I Think I'm Going to See My Late Husband Carl, and the wistful I'm Going to Go Toward the Light Now, and the jazzy tune that is sure to win her a posthumous Grammy Award, Overall, Dot Dot Ratsup is a thought-provoking movie that is on film. The screenwriter Isaac Lipschitz has himself declared it a tour de force, and it is sure to be a movie-going experience that anyone who watches it will have. For the Varmints Podcast, my name is Paul, wishing you a great night at the movies. I'm a radio. Welcome back to the finest show in the wasteland. Good vibes on Gamma Radio. You've joined me, Dave, and the omnipresent Fog, just in time for our new feature, Films with Fog, where Fog presents something he's found lying around in a ruined cinema. This week, Fog has made me watch a most disturbing film from before the Big Bangs. Yes, dawn of the day of the rise of the zombie pigeons. What did you think of it then, Dave? I thought it was horrific from beginning to end. 
I loved it. Uh, but you shouldn't be asking me, Fog. Oh, you're quite right, Dave. Uh, please welcome our special guest, who happens to be a descendant from those who are actually there. Actually, oh, well, well welcome to the show, Chirpy Beaks. Uh, what did you think of Night of the Dawn of the, 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 the Day of the... the, the uh, what did you think of the pigeon film? I thought it was rubbish. It was an unfair portrayal of pigeon misery. We are peaceful people. It's the seagulls that are the evil ones. Huh. Well, you look pretty evil to me, tearing out guts left, right and centre. And that bit where one of you popped out of that man's eye in the subway? Disgusting. Snatching babies from their cribs. Oh, I don't think that actually happened in the film, Fog. And what about that bit where the subjects, uh, 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 Bert and uh, Generica, were playing pepperami push-ups in the sewers? And all of your lot flew in and pecked at their bottoms. I thought it was very rude interrupting such kinky fun. I wouldn't be putting up with any of that, I warn you now. Oh, well, what did they expect? Waving that big worm around all over the place. It was a long time ago. We were never bloodthirsty monsters. And even if we were somewhat feral in the old days, we've evolved through the miracle of radioactive mutation to become law-abiding taxpayers such as yourselves. Well, that's where you're wrong, because I haven't paid any... Uh, 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 that's not the point. Uh, the, the pigeons uh, seem to have had a, a bit of a bad rap in this, actually, Fog. As you can see, they were very constipated. No wonder they were angry. It's that gluten-free bread you keep feeding us. Aha! So there's a danger that this might happen again, then. Only if you push your luck. Besides, this crisis was solved once they added laxative to the bird seeds, wasn't it? You can't blame zombie pigeons for being zombie pigeons. Well, I don't trust your lot all the same. This documentary proves that you are a winged menace and must not be trusted. Flying around, flapping your wings, gawping in people's windows, speaking in strange tongues, pecking at vomit. Ah! You're a disgrace! I see this documentary as a timely warning against the dangers of pigeons and their secret agenda. Ten out of ten. Uh, no, no. Eleven out of eleven. It should be shown to all children in all its truthful violence. Ah, ah, you're wrong, wrong! I give not out of nothing! It was an awful, clearly biased rehash of existing hateful stereotypes. Terrible! I didn't see one pigeon portrayed in gainful employment as a postman. I will not be watching the 17 sequels. I like the worm bit, though. Uh, uh, did you two actually watch the film, or just the trailer? I mean, you are aware that this wasn't a documentary. What? It was a horror film, Fog. Yeah, yes, it was horrific, yes, yes. No, 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 it was a horror film. A piece of fictional entertainment designed to scare people out of their wits. What? I thought you, of all people, would understand that, Fog. It, it, it's just a... It's just a play. Oh. Oh, I see. Um... Uh... uh well, thank you for coming on the show, Beaky. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, get out, get out, get out. Come on, you've embarrassed me enough already. Come on, out there, out the window. Wait, wait, wait Fog, fly fog away. they can't fly. fly. They can't. Uh, bye, Beaky. Uh, that's all, folks. Uh, tune in next week for more uh, Filmed with Fog. Release the clowns. And the dirt is gone. In a world of Dada. One kitten must stew a rambunctious 
fuse box with a Mesolithic or face the terrible platitudes of a furious Hitler's salmon coming to a snowplow near you last Tuesday. This is Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. What can I say about this film? I loved everything about this movie, even the bits that I didn't like. I loved them too. Highlights for me, let's just say, watch out for the dentist with Lego wheels for teeth. Lollipop lady who's actually just an oak tree. That was a nice touch. How many other films will you see this year with cameo appearances by both Bruce Willis and Benjamin Netanyahu? I wasn't expecting that, but that's the whole point, isn't it? The exploding baboon didn't quite work for me. I realise it's a subtle reference to the Hitchcock lost classic Elephant in a Hall of Mirrors. But the point about it being a lost classic is no one's seen it. So what's the point of making a subtle reference to a film that no one's seen? All the audience are seeing is an exploding baboon. I suppose that's the point of the whole thing, like it's not supposed to make any sense, you know. But in a strange way... The whole thing does make sense. It makes perfect sense. So that's why it's ultimately a failure. And that's why I loved it. 27,000 out of 10. Or should I say, orange out of stickle brick. Da-da! Da-da. I'm Bradley D. And I'm Tony B. And we're from ABC D-Bags. And you know what the letter is today, Tony? What is it, Brad? I think the letter is M. M? As in yeah. movie review? You know it. <laughs> the whole movie we saw last week? Yes, yes. The movie we saw like last Tuesday it came out, I think, right? Yes, yes. It starred Lady Dada. Oh, my God. Lady yes. Dada and Kitten Caboodle. God, that yes. was such an she excellent film. Know. I highly yeah. recommend this film, Brad. Oh, I highly recommend it. She does the voice of a kitten that's trying to escape a fuse box. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. And then as soon as she gets out, who else but comes to thwart her plans but the Hitler's salmon? Right. He, he tried to escape because he hates Hitler. And he's played by Michael Caine. Oh, yes. Michael Caine. As Hitler's salmon. Now, I've never seen nor heard a better performance of anybody portraying a salmon than this right here in this movie. Oh, better than uh, the time that uh, 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 Patrick Stewart did a salmon in that one movie. But but I digress. Oh, yes, yes. But I, I, I got to tell you real quick. My favorite part of this movie was the whole snowplow chase scene. Oh, I mean, that was amazing. That was my favorite. It was like they were on a snowplow. It was like a kind of – it turned into almost like a travel, kind of like a, a, an adventure show kind of thing. Yeah. I was, was going to say it's kind of like a little buddy film, you know, uh, Lady Dada as the kitten and Michael Caine as Hitler's salmon. And they, they went on a cross-country adventure on a snowplow. And they had hilarious adventures along the way. And it was quite a heartwarming story too. It is. And you know what? They only played it on Tuesdays. But only it's getting on- caboodle. Getting caboodle. Go see it now or you're an idiot. <laughs> Just like us. That's why mums released the clowns. 
Coming soon to a cinema near you. There is something about that tangle of strangers pressed together with nothing in common but the need to get from one place to another. I see evil on this train. Murder on the Orange Express. Replacement bus service. I see evil on this bus. This guy's dead, yeah? Idiot. From the makers of Snakes in a Taxi and the Cannonball Courtesy Car. The murderer is still with us. Unless he got off at Leightonstone, innit? Starring Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot. He had his enemies. He's got murdered, innit? You get me, Sherlock. Sherlock is a dick. With Dame Judi Dench as the princess. What is going on? Dame Judi Dench as the missionary. God rest his soul. And Dame Judi Dench as Urban Youth 3. Blood. Bam. Cuz. Brav. A non-stop thrill ride after Chingford. I am Hercule Poirot, the greatest detective in the world. Easy. Idiot. Murder on the Orient Express. Replacement bus service. Hey, Mike here from the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast. I've just been to see Ken Bran and Rudy Judy the Denchmeister in Murder on the Orient Express. Replacement bus service. The much-awaited sequel to Murder on the Leighton Orient Express where Britain's greatest actor, Kenny Branflakes, plays a scouser on a packed minibus who's drank all of his booze and is holding onto his pee for fear of piddling himself by doing that turnip thing. You boys know what I'm talking about. Anywho, this film was quite possibly the brilliantest and best, most adequately dull film this side of the 2nd of July 2019 at 1.36pm. Therefore, I shall give it 2.736 stars out of 5. This film features Ken Bran, also known as Special K, pretending to be French in a very non-racist way, Dame Judith Denchington as rude boy number two, and it's packed full of plot twists, like the killer not being the killer, the dead person not being dead, the murder weapon being a banana, and Hercule Poirot, as played by Ken Bran, being mistaken for the real Ken Bran, whilst disguised as Judy Dench, who's being played by Olivia Colman, doing an impression of Sir Ian McKellen reciting lines as Sir Patrick Stewart whilst wearing an Emma Thompson mask. Phew! To be honest, it's a bit like Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap, where you find out at the end that the detective is the killer. Oh, shit! I've just ruined the ending for anyone who hasn't seen the play. Note to self, delete that bit. Anyway, best line in the film is when Dame Judy, as Urban Youth 2, says, Blood clot! And Ken thinks that she's dissing him, but really she's complaining about her varicose veins. And even though it was very brave of the cast to do the film entirely in the nude, the worst bit was that Dame Judy was completely naked too. Whatever you do, don't watch this film in 3D. Ugh. I'm Mike from the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast. That was my review. <coughs> 
This is our review of Orient Express Replacement Bus Service starring Kenneth Branagh and Dame Judi Dench, among others. We are Politics with Dummies, a, po a comedy podcast with political sprinkles. I'm Jay Ray, and this is Luke Dog, L-O-O-P-D-O-Double-G, that's me. We were invited to an advanced screaming. We were. And we were comped two tickets due to the celebrity status and our influence on the public. Why didn't I go? There will be spoilers in this review, but you don't want to see this shit anyway. Let me start by saying I love Snakes in a Taxi and Cannonball Courtesy Car, so I was fired up for this one, Luke. Snakes in a Taxi is a masterpiece. Right? First and foremost, I love a good mystery. This is not a good mystery. There are several plot problems I have besides the plot. The plot is, you know, the train breaks down, so they got to take a fucking bus, a bus to the fucking Orient. I already have problems, right? I would murder somebody. Oddly enough, there's a murder, and super sleuth Brana has to solve the case. There's a myriad of fucking characters that could be the killer, and we weed through all them until we discover the clues to unlock this piece of shit mystery. I want to see this. Problems. You already saw it. There is a scene where the fucking bus has to stay at 60 miles an hour or kilometers. I don't fucking know. I'm not British. I don't give a shit about it. But it's 1934. The, the fucking The Rock sets the cruise control. Did they have that shit in 1934? You're the car person. What's The Rock? The Rock. The actor? The Rock? Oh, the <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. What am I, stupid? Anyways, Judy Dench was miscast three fucking times. She's three people in this movie. She's like 100 fucking years old in real life, right? And she's a princess. I mean, how old's the fucking queen, right? And she's an urban youth. She's an urban youth, Lou. What do you think about her role as an urban youth? How old is that bush? And did we really need full frontal nudity? And a geriatric uh, sex scene with Kenneth Branagh. I didn't need that shit. He gives her the old double-decker on the, on the fucking bus, and it's pretty gross. They got huge bushes. It looks like two mangy alley cats fucking headbutting each other to death. And then, I mean, I still can't see out of one eye after watching this shit. And not to body shame Dame Judi Dench, but her figure kind of looks like a puddle. Sounds hot. The payoff at the end was uh, terrible. I'm still not sure which Juju Dench character murdered the fucking guy. I still don't know what role Harry Potter had in the fucking murder or why he had a cameo in the fucking movie. I'm surprised that Judy Dench wasn't also cast as Hermione instead of Michael Caine. With that said, why did no one see a, a shooting on a fucking bus? How do you not see a shooting on a fucking full bus? I haven't seen it. This should have been five minutes <laughs> instead of two hours and 49 minutes of puddle jumping. Thumbs down for me. Loop, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. You didn't even see it. Well, I haven't seen it. I don't need to. <laughs> this movie don't exist. I understand that. Time for bed, children. Or I might have to release the clowns. Coming soon, two old friends are back. Dude, I can't believe we flunked our accountancy examinations. Most heinously. To take you on an epic journey. We've got to labor in this odious office the duration of the summer. Totally bogus. Guys, I need that spreadsheet by tomorrow. Or so help me God. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter return in Bill and Ted's Excel Adventure. 
How do I freeze panes again? Where every number counts. Now, if you add A1 and B2 and auto sum up to H125, we can find the most resplendent turtle. Totally turtle, dude. And despite setbacks, we're trapped in a circular calculation. No way. Yes way. No way. Yes way. They can discover the meaning of friendship. Ted, I won't let you die, buddy. Take my cells, all of them. But you had the most bodacious field names, dude. And save the universe. If we could just use the de-average function, then autofill from the original document and perform a multi-level sort, we should be able to recover the missing dark matter and reconfigure the entire space-time continuum. Party on! Bill and Ted's Excel Adventure. Everything's a formula. Excel and Good evening, clowns. Hi there, clowns. It's Dan and Amy from the Comedy Geek Sketch Podcast. Hello. Hi. How's it going? You we're right? just um, we're just reviewing this uh, Bill and Ted Excel adventure. So will oh my god, will what will happen if they don't get the spreadsheet to the girl by the following day? Well, we're gonna have to watch. What's the movie gonna and happen? Find out. Let's go and watch. Well, the movie are they gonna now. die? What, is the computer gonna blow up? Calm down. Oh my right, god, we're, we're I'm going excited. into the theater. Right, see you guys in a bit. We're just going into the theater now, and and then we'll continue afterwards. Okay, here we go. We're going into the theater. Let's do it. Three hours later. I can't believe they did that with a spreadsheet. The sum total of that column was more than its individual components. It was a good formula. What was the function of it? <laughs> Bill and Ted and spreadsheets really <laughs> did excel. Yeah, I'd highly recommend this movie to anyone who loves maths, anyone who loves Microsoft Office-based puns. Anyone who has ever written a number before. <laughs> Anyone's ever written a number <laughs> so everyone apart from my mate Dave then Oh Dave, can't come count. on now Do you know what Amy? What? I wish Dave? I could travel back in time and go and watch that movie again Do you think we could create a PowerPoint presentation about the movie? Maybe That's the sequel a... <gasps> Yeah, apparently So yeah, the thing came up at the end Bill and Ted's PowerPoint presentation wow. Word yeah. So <laughs> Thanks for checking out our review, guys. I hope that made a lot of sense. Thank um, you, Release the Clowns. Thanks, Release the Clowns. Keep doing some totally awesome sketches. Excellent! And don't forget to check out Comedy Geek Sketch Podcast. We're on www.comedygeeksketchpodcast.com. God, that's an easy one to remember, isn't it? But carry on listening to this episode first, because, yeah. you know, don't want to, like, cut it to there. Yeah, we don't want to yeah, Maybe listen to us next. It's yeah. nice to have a bit of balance, you see. Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I've just been to the pictures. Oh, I was at the pictures. What have you seen? Well, some crap. Oh. Not what I thought it was at all. What was it? It was Bill and Ted's sex adventure. Oh, it's saucy. Yeah. Thought it was going to be hard. But? Just Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs>
When they said it was going to be like spreadsheets, yes. I thought it was a bit of bondage in that. Oh, you thought they'd be on I've the got, sheets I've spreading them. I've got the wrong filming tiling. I love Keanu Reeves in that John Dick. And I thought this was going to be something like it, you know. It Did was... you see the bit with the paper clips? When he put them under the nail. I know, that's what I thought. And then, no, the next scene, she's giving him a pedicure with the paper clips. And I thought, oh! oh. <laughs> What did you think about Keanu Reeves' love interest? I love Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but, but you not, know. You're, not your interest in him. Is he gay in real life? I don't think so. He did it good, though, didn't he? Because when he got on top of that bloke on the desk, I thought, oh, my God. When he said, turn me on, turn me on, <laughs> I thought, turn him on, for goodness sake. Get on with it. Yeah. But, yeah, I like Keanu Reeves. But do you think this was the right film for him? No. And he doesn't belong in an office, does he? He doesn't belong in an office. He either needs a bus or a basement full of guns. Yeah, he's a bus basement kind of guy. Yeah. I, I took some, uh, what do you call it there, to the cinema. I took my own... Soup? No, I didn't take soup this time. I got some macaroni cheese, but I yeah. had a bit of a change this time. I put I haven't got any macaroni cheese sauce. Okay. So I put some carbonara on it instead. Are you getting fancy all of I a know, sudden? I know it's a little ham bit. So it, Italian food at the yeah, cinema. Yeah, but uh, I had to go into the toilet because I took me little. Uh, you know, I put me little stove in me rucksack. Your stove. Yeah. 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 Um, your saucepan. So I'd put that. Yeah. And I went into the disabled bit because you got room to spread. With a bag with saucepans off it, like, <laughs> like some sort of travelling. Yeah, I don't <laughs> look like a tramp. I've got a pocket for pans. Okay. Uh, and I warmed it up in the toilet. <laughs> so it's good. And then I've got a Greek salad to go with it. Oh, nice. Yeah, with some black olives this time. And that was the best thing about that film. Your dinner? Yeah. That you cooked in the disabled <laughs> Yeah, toilets. I could you tell you what? The people behind me, they were jealous. Uh, I did like, actually, I did like the publisher bit. Oh, that was where a great he, scene. Where he showed you how to do that newsletter. I went back and I did a newsletter. Oh, you learned something. Um, I did. It was very detailed, but it 15 minutes to do a newsletter in real time. You don't see that in a movie very often. You don't. Right then. Who are we? Who are we? Are you asking me because the doctor said you have to keep reminding me? <laughs> Do you mean like, am I rough giraffe? I am rough giraffe. <laughs> you can't go, am I a rough giraffe? <laughs> no, just rough giraffe. We are rough giraffe. We are rough giraffe. A podcast about... Mm, mostly about me. Yeah. It is mostly about mum and the wonky cat. I love Kipper. Let me just say, you can find us on your podcatcher and we are on Twitter at Rough Giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm doing then? What am I being? You're being a guinea pig. I'm doing a guinea Look, I'm being a guinea pig so cool that she knows I'm being a guinea pig. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Round up the clowns. Ah, uh, 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 hang on. No, that's the wrong show. <laughs> One woman, fiercely independent, followed her spirit. I'm making a Moroccan tagine tonight for dinner, darling. Mm. 
But we're out of fresh coriander. One man, defiantly courageous, sets out on a quest. Don't worry, love. I'll pop out and get some. As a new land was being carved out of an untamed frontier. But it's Sunday night. Waitrose will be closed. They shared an adventure. I'll go round all the corner shops until I find someone. I'm coming with you. That took them from the edge of the wilderness. Well, that's the trouble with these places on the main road. Everything's limp and covered in traffic fumes. Into each other's hearts. Why didn't you stay home when you had the chance? Because I could do with a walk. And I've got to make sure you don't bring back parsley instead. Acclaimed actor Tom Hardy. I will find you, Coriander. No matter how long it takes. Well, actually, I want to be back by nine to watch. It's an amusing TV panel show. And Academy Award nominee Kira Knightley. I'm not buying herbs from Tesco Metro. They're the... overpriced and there's far too much packaging. Star in. The last fresh bunch of coriander in the independent shops of Walthamstow open after 6pm on a Sunday. The sequel to Tough Luck, The Observers sold out at noon and you missed the farmer's market so you shouldn't have had that lion, suckers. I'm Toph. And this is Lord Saunders. And we are Gravity Beard. And we're here to review... The last fresh bunch of coriander in the independent shops of Walthamstow open after 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Which, of course, everybody knows, is the sequel to Tough Luck the Observers sold out at noon, and you missed the farmer's market, so you shouldn't have had that lion suckers. Adam, what did you think about this film? I thought this film was incredible. From the rom-com that we saw in the first film, to this one kind of opening up immediately as a James Bond-esque flick, I was totally blown away right from the get-go. I agree. And what did you think about Dame Judi Dench's turn as a female James Bond? Well, I think that it was amazing. The costumes, the outfits, she was on fire, the explosions, the gunplay. I couldn't have asked for more action in such a small period of time. You know what? In my opinion, you know what put it over the top? What was that? The choice of James Wu as director, which gave way to his traditional double pistol scenes. You know, and that was funny because it was so impactful that I think Dame Judi Dench and those kinds of scenes and cinematography really outshined kind of Tom Hardy and Keira Knightley as the leads. I'm going to give this Toph six golden shovels out of five. What about you? I agree. In fact, I'm going to add an additional golden shovel and I'm going to give it seven on a scale of one to five golden shovels. You know, you're always trying to one up me, man. This is why we don't do this stuff. And once again, I have. So I'm Toph. (laughs) And this is Lord Saunders. And we are Gravity Beard. We want to congratulate Release the Clowns on 50 great episodes. Congratulations, guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Nick with Epic Film Guys checking in with a quick review of the last fresh bunch of coriander in the independent shops of Watham still open after 6 p.m. on a Sunday. Starring Tom Hardy and Kira Knightley. Desperately seeking spices was the tagline on the poster for this one. And... I'm I'm not going to lie, Tom Hardy kind of underwhelmed in this performance for me. I didn't really expect this to be like the secret life of Walter Mitty of Coriander. Like, I don't understand why they had to do so much location shooting in this film. It was like a $150 million budget to get Coriander. Cor- Coriander. So that was really, really confusing. I don't know why he like flew to Morocco at one point and was trying to explain the dish that his wife was trying to make. And meanwhile... She was trying to follow him all over the world. So it was really, really kind of funny. And they had those kind of different moments where they would pass each other in an airport and then turn around and see each other. And then, no, no, I didn't really see them. And then I think that the that the extended sex scene that we got to see in the back of the one flower shop was just really, really excessive. 
I don't necessarily think you need to go to those lengths to shoot nudity in a film. Uh, this was kind of on the level of like the color of night type sex scenes. Like it was just overly gratuitous, overly long. And at one point I really forgot what they were even doing there. And then, you know, the shopkeeper walked in and caught them who Mike Myers in a delicious, delicious cameo performance uh, really hasn't been this good in a very, very long time in the film. Really liked his performance here. Really, really touching. And I mean, if anything brings a tear to your eye, it will be, you know, when he's telling the story of how he sold the last of his coriander plant because it was his wife's favorite herb. And after she passed from cancer, he just couldn't take it anymore. But that journey brings Hardy and Knightley's characters together. Like I said, I think Hardy phones it in just a little bit, but he's Tom Hardy. So he does still have that gravitas that you need to just bring the performance home. Keira Knightley is solid as always. She is just gorgeous as ever in this film and when the two fall in love you really really believe it i will say you know when the film reaches its climax and they finally get the herbs and they're on the plane on the way home and they take down the overhead bag and they open it up and they just smell the coriander and the credits start to roll and everything's fine and then they get home mid credit scene spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie please i mean it's probably a rental it's probably a red box really but they get home mid credits scene and then they open the pantry and she moves like there's some turmeric in the way and some oregano. And then she had a ton of coriander just sitting in there. It was just buried in the spice drawer. So that if I guess if you could take anything away from the movie, clean out your spice rack, ladies and gentlemen. But that's it. Nick from the Epic Film, guys. I'm going to throw, ah, we'll give this barely passing rating. Uh, Hardy, again, phoned in, but convincing enough. Keira Knightley, charming as she always is. And hey. Mike Myers hasn't been better in years. And you know what? Really amazing score by Hans Zimmer. Probably my favorite work of his that he's done. Inception, nothing close to what he does in this movie. Really highlights the emotional depth of these characters. Six out of ten. I really, really love this. Thank you so, so much for listening, everybody. Check us out, epicfilmguys.com. Release the clowns. He wanted to fly higher. Get the hell out of my way. They wouldn't let him. Hasta la vista, baby. This summer, the sky's the limit in Jonathan Livingston Seagal. Starring Steven Seagal. I'm gonna take you to the bank. To the blood bank. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll fly back. Bruce Willis. Fly out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Jason Statham. Get your beak out of my chips, you beady-eyed feathery slag. And Liam Neeson. I'm a seagull with a very particular set of skills. If you don't fly back down here now, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will punch your feckin' beak off. Coming soon to a cinema near you, it's Jonathan Livingston Seagal. Ah! 
Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Caring. And uh, we're discussing this uh, new film, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, for the uh, release of the uh, Clowns podcast. And uh, But we are Sitcom Geeks. It's what we do. We critique scripts. Mm. And uh, this new Steven Seagull movie, I thought the characterisation was... Uh, not really there. I mean, here's a guy, he basically shoots people like, yeah. before, and then he sort of introduces himself. Do you think that's a good... Um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's I, good. Think, I think we needed to know more about where he was coming from, really, so that I would find the shooting funnier. Yeah. Uh, so it felt like, well, you're shooting someone, sure, but but why? He does. He is very good at shooting people. Yeah, and he's got you know he's uh, there are very different ways, and he's got different sort of karate moves as well, and 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 uh, they're very uh, funny. They're, they're sort of good good visuals, but they're not very funny, really, are not they? Not really. And I think it would be funnier. Also, I don't know. I just think that it could have done with a wacky neighbour. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, and also, you know, why is he not working? I mean, he, he should have had like a, a sidekick. Yeah, I think who uh, he, he could lit possibly. he could literally kick in the side because he's got the moves, hasn't he? A sidekick, a sidekick, oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a I think that would be a roundhouse. Yeah, and he know. could just keep saying, "Hey, you're my sidekick." Wah! Like that. <laughs> oh, that's and a that, great that would be that's like a yeah. running a running joke. Yeah, we're that, basically we're we're doing the work for them here, aren't we? Yeah. We're writing the script. I mean, was what we do. If you've got a script, I mean, and Stephen, if you're listening, yeah. next time before you shoot the film, you know, before you spend all that money, commit the money, send us the script. We do a ten-page challenge. This yeah. is if you uh, join our Patreon site on yeah. Sitcom Geeks, yeah. um, and we will critique your script for you. So better luck next time, Stephen. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, the rest of you, you can get hold of us, Sitcom Geeks, and check our Patreon website. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Shauna. And this is Trisha. And this is Two Girls on a Bench. We are a podcast about procrastination, friendship, snacking, and writing. So we're going to review this <laughs> so really we're review a movie. awesome movie. Yeah, but it's based on literature. It's based True. on the very famous book, Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. Yes. And it is called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. They just heard the uh, pro- the promo for it yeah we just heard the, the trailer, trailer and it was like kind of you know it's really interesting it's like this animated yeah r-rated movie yeah it's by pixar and uh we get this feeling that Pixar's trying to get their foot in the door and the horror or thriller action action like movie. making like seagulls and yeah. action characters so they, they are so seagulls an interesting idea and the somebody voice... had when they were drunk <laughs> well that was a thing this movie was you know, so interesting that we started drinking during the movie. Because well, I mean, so it's Steven Seagal is playing Jonathan. the seagull. Yes. The seagull. The main seagull who's trying to fly the, as high as he can and wants to live a life of reaching great heights. But his flock, which is filled with people <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Liam Neeson plays his dad. Yeah. And he's trying to like keep him down and keep him down with the rest of the What's seagulls. Jason stayed stayed on. Them. Yeah, he's like, don't eat my chips. And then, so we're going to, here's a quote from like the real text is, to fly as fast as thought, you must begin by knowing you have already arrived. And so they use some of the original text. Yeah. But it's more like a, almost <laughs> like a, a I'll be back type uh 
you know, one liner where it's you have already arrived. And it's Bruce Willis's character who plays Chiang, who's like the mentor of Jonathan, like teaching him all about like flying and getting higher. And but at the same time, instead of it just being about that, there's just a whole bunch of murder. Yeah, they have to like <laughs> kill all the old guard of seagulls like Schwarzenegger and Statham and, and his dad. Yeah. To like get out so he can fly so higher because he he, that's what yeah. it's about is trying kill to kill everybody high. to open their eyes to new possibilities which is like pretty morbid he's freeing them by killing so them so we basically started drinking like we were doing a shot every time they would say you have, you have arrived yeah you have already arrived <laughs> or every time um he thought he was already at his highest height uh-huh. when he was flying because several times he's like I've, I've i'm here i've reached enlightenment i'm but then you have already arrived you, you, yeah you were here the whole time uh, with your guns and- tequila so yeah i recommend drinking during this film um film animated cartoon type deal a lot of blood a lot of like animated a lot of dead blood. birds yeah, dead just birds just falling. flying out of the sky. Flying and then yeah. just falling thud. Yeah, there's no humans. It's just like a world of birds. Yeah. It's very strange. And maybe like those Angry Bird cartoons. I don't know. I haven't seen those. Well, it's not It's not like Angry Birds. There's no pigs. There's definitely, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's pretty disturbing when they yeah. kill, like, Liam Neeson. Like, that's the big moment when he kills. When he kills his own when father. Steven Seagal kills Liam Neeson. You're yeah. like, that was pretty horrible. And these are not usually voice actors. These no. guys. So, so it was an interesting action stretch for them thing. I mean, I give it up to them for well, and that. Then spoiler Schwarzenegger's alert. just looking for work because he's not I know, the governor right? anymore. So he was just like, I'm available. It's just like a shoe you guys, in. you know, need me. I know. I'm surprised uh, Sylvester Stallone didn't have a cameo in this. I know. It seems like a good Maybe fit. like when they do Jonathan Livingston Seagal too. Because they always do like. Reach a, for a higher height. Or go <laughs> a lower lows. <laughs> And then, like, this might be a spoiler, but Bruce Willis's character, Chiang, is actually a ghost. He's dead the whole time. So, like, at the end, you figure that out, and then you're like, fuck, now I've got to go rewatch this movie to see what I missed. Because he was dead the whole time. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, he's a ghost. He's a ghost. What a twist. You know, you guys, check it out. It's interesting. We're two girls on a bench. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and all the stuff. Uh, at number two, two girls on a bench and uh, on all the podcatchers. So right. give us a listen. If you're a writer, we encourage uh, participation in prompts. And you too could rewrite an existential novel into a gory war murder Animated movie. movie. Motion picture. <laughs> Do it. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Release the clowns. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. Oh, <laughs> Nick, this is incredible. I can't, I can't believe that. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. Oh. This is so special to be standing in front of our peers like this. And 50,000 people here in Leicester Square. <laughs> yeah, we never imagined when we started out that we'd be winning this amazing 50th episode. <laughs> uh, but we've got a lot of people to thank. Yeah, it's not just about us. Not just about us. Well, it's sort of about us. But yeah, no, these mostly guys, about us. We couldn't, have, we couldn't have done it without some other guys. And, and, uh, uh, Nick, who, who, who was it? Who was it? First of all, it was, it was the comedy geeks. The pride of Wales. 
uh, rough giraffe, Stacy, mum and the wonky cat. I've heard the uh, apocalyptic gamma radio. Oh, from the bunker, guys. Yeah, the varmints. Ah, oh, you cheeky little monsters. The brilliant Murder Mile True Crime podcast. Mars, you master of the macabre. Uh, the sitcom geeks. The comedy savants. Uh, the epic film guys, of course. They're already working on the sequel, Honey, I Shrunk the Rosemary. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, the guys at Gravity Beard, who introduced us to the works of John Woo's brother, James. Uh, and two girls on a bench. Genuine literary scholars. Who can forget politics with dummies? Swearing up a storm. ABCD bags. Tony and Bradley going where no D-bag has gone before. And finally, Ragbag with Frank Burton. He do-do-dude, he da-da-da. Thanks guys, we couldn't have done it without you. We love you all. And we also quite love this lot. Release the Clown starred Phil Whelans, Karen Morden, Alex Marion, Lenny pickard Afnis, Marco Chu, Tim Keeling, Nick Hildred, Amy Holmes, Simon Littlefield and Dan Willis. It was written by Alex Marion, Nick Hildred, Karen Morden and Simon Littlefield. The social media professor is Dan Willis and the show is produced by Nick Hildred and Alex Marion. Normal service will be resumed in the next show. See you in two! Hey!